0: You're listening to the Pot and Torch Podcast. I don't know of any nation that has survived, any civilization that survived long term, that has refused to acknowledge the Judeo-Christian ethic. There's an intentional switch in law, intentional switch in lordship, where we have now reached the point in this society where
1: we call evil good and good evil. It's no wonder why the the civil government is is so powerful. It's it's no wonder why our our culture is is heading so quickly into immorality and all kinds of, of, of wickedness and debauchery. It's because the church is so weak.
2: Hi, everyone, and welcome to the very first episode of the Pot and Torch Apologetics podcast. I appreciate you tuning in, and a special thank you for this first episode goes to David Hansen of Church Awake Media. He approached me and said, Hey, Glenn, would you like to collaborate on an episode together? And I was like, well, thank you, David. I've been so busy lately and with work and family that this may just be the little nudge that I needed to help me get this up and running. So once again, David, thank you. This episode is being released on Friday to correspond with David's release date here on out. My aim is to release an episode every Wednesday morning. So without saying any more, Welcome to Pot and Torch Apologetics Podcast and with David of Church Awake Media. Well, welcome to Church Awake.
3: Uh, so, this week wait, is... Hold on, David.
2: What? What? Well, Welcome to Pot and Torch. Hey, are we collabing? I think we are. Oh, perfect. This is the way I like it. This is awesome. Anyhow, I interrupted you. You continue.
3: Oh, no worries. Um, So, Glenn... You know that last week there was a draw. Yeah. Your name went in it. Other people's names went in it. Actually, three people went in it. And uh, I announced last week what one of the contributors uh, is, and that was Justin Sager, uh, one of my friends from Saskatchewan. Um, and there's one more uh, contributor, and you get to figure out who it is at the end of the
2: episode. Oh, I yeah. You said I got it right, but then I said more than one name, so I still don't know who it is. Well, now <laughs> you'll you're find out.
3: The draw will be today um, in the evening time. Uh, hopefully I don't get too busy because then if I get too busy, it's going to be like 10 o'clock at night like I did last time, which <laughs> yeah. by the way, I, I did
2: Instagram live for the very first time. That is so nerve wracking. I know because I remember the first time my wife did it, and she was nervous. I mean, she did great, but there is something about Instagram Live. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But Thanks. it's funny because I looked for it and I couldn't find it until the next day.
3: Oh, okay. Yeah, for, sure it took me. It took me a little bit of time to figure out how to like start it, and then if you see the the video, I think it literally took me like thirty seconds to figure out how to stop it. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> It was, oh, it was, it was bad. It was bad. So hopefully, hopefully today it'll be, it'll be better. Um, Maybe I'll have to stall a little bit and have more people join on. So as you can hear, guys, uh, we are collabing here. So Glenn Harnish, you're on with, with, with me, and I guess I'm on
2: with you. Yeah. And it's cool. It's the first time we've done this and kind of, launching some new ideas and new things and hopefully it's not the last time um and with so many big events happening in the world this last week or two it seemed like a good idea to come together and let's chat about it as Canadians and Christians
3: yep now before we chat about that stuff I want to just shine some light on you Uh and I want to shine some light on the direction that you're bringing uh your podcast uh pot and torch apologetics. So tell me, Glenn, what are you going to do with that?
2: Well, it's kind of, it's a name that I had back before I met my wife. Um, I remember living in Kingston, Nova Scotia at the time in an apartment that was impossible to heat. And I had a cat. I was an irresponsible early 20-year-old that didn't (laughs) know how to properly clean the litter box. Anyway, I won't go into great detail, but I ran a, a website at the time called Lid by the Truth," and it it focused on one of the big series I did. I remember was on the eternal security topic, and I challenged some people that uh, about that, well that didn't believe that. And then I had sit downs in my cold upstairs apartment with two Mormon missionaries that God blessed them. Hopefully, they found Christ because they kept their coats on for obvious reasons but hmm. i had a good chat anyhow long story short uh led by the truth went away and pot and torch apologetics came up and then i got married uh and then as paul warns us they get married to get distracted by our wives and that did happen and it kind of went away for a while but it was inspired by genesis 15 um and i just won't go into detail but the significance of it for me is that the pot which is for me when i read it it, it struck me as i am the I'm the sinful, dirty pot, Hmm. basically, and Christ is the torch that comes through and is kind of, it leads the way. Um, And that's the very simplistic, elementary understanding of it. Uh, And that's what kind of inspired me to carry it on. It kind of went away and now it's back. And the the direction I want to take it is very, apologetic in nature, tackle tough subjects that some people may not want to touch, kind of use it as a direction, like for Christians in this crazy world that we live in to basically, gee, I ran into this with my kids today at school. How do I handle this situation? And hopefully I'll have something Mm. that can help them with that.
3: That's awesome. Glenn, I'm I'm looking forward to, to what you're going to be doing. Um, And, I would love to be able to jump on every so often and dig into some controversial topics. Uh, oh, for sure. So, oh, for sure. Um, so, as you know, as all of us know, anybody who's been listening to the news, there's been a lot of crazy events that have been happening. One of them, I mean, in a matter of one, well, September 4th all the way to September 10th, There's been like four big things that I know of that's happened. So September 4th, um, there were some stabbings in, well, not some stabbings. There was multiple, lots of stabbings in Saskatchewan. Um, It was 13 locations on the James Smith Cree Reserve. 10 died, 18 were injured. And then the day after after that, there were stabbings in Vancouver, BC, in Chinatown, with seven people stabbed, and one of them, as the news report says, was a 22-year-old newcomer. I mean, that's a way to be welcomed into into Canada.
2: I guess, and it's it's strange how things seem to brush across the country at the same time, because meanwhile in Nova Scotia, in Digby, or was it Annapolis? I'm going to say Digby. I can't remember now. The RCMP were driving down the street and suddenly come across this scene where a guy is trying to get into this other guy's house he has a knife, the oh, guy no. in the house grabs a knife comes out and then when the RCMP show up there's two guys on the street with knives, about to stab each other. So where did this sudden popularity of knives come from, <laughs> but it's yeah. tragic it's really tragic. Um it's even more tragic, and some of the things I heard are like that when the, the the Cree nations, when when that stabbing happened, that ten at least ten were dead. Mm-hmm. That the racism that flowed from that, from people not willing to realize that we are all sinners, we all have that wicked nature within us, yeah. and unfortunately, two young men acted on it.
3: Yeah, and I, I think you know um, we can look at the the weapon, right? Because like government t- tends to do that when it comes to guns right it's the gun and kill the person oh that's that's not what happens people yeah. kill people and but what and but you said it right um it's the heart of the person it's our sinful wicked heart the desires to hurt kill and pillage that leads to these events yeah it's it's it's
2: said it also shows the corruption of our government too because and, and I won't rant too much about that tonight I'll save that I'll save that right for, I'll save the, okay I was going to say I'd save that for pot and torch but <laughs> um, it's funny because when you think of the governments cannot help but politicize things to their advantage and this was a tragic mass murder uh, event that happened in Canada yet when it happened in nova scotia with guns the liberals were waiting in the wind to enforce stricter gun registry laws and and ban handguns and ban a bunch of stuff but with this one they immediately looked at the people the kids the the struggles they had and the the issues that they had and, and and very little was talked about about the knife um because it doesn't fit their agenda right of, of restrictions, basically. But I digress.
3: No, this is this is really something that I mean all Canadians should be seen, should be talking about um, that it's there is an agenda behind the government in regards to, you know guns, right? Because you know you take away guns off the street, well you have other weapons. So it's it's not a matter of what weapon you're going to use, it's a matter of what's your heart, you know, what the heart is of that person. And yeah, I'm these sure. people may have had, you know, difficult upbringings, and they may have been broken from broken families. Um, but I mean, doesn't that just speak to the church of how we should be there to be aware of people that that need that that help and support?
2: Oh yeah, the church. And, I, and I, I speak about myself because I'm, no, I'm in no position to judge anyone else on this, but we have failed in showing the world, like Jesus says in John, that they will know us by our love. Um, are we showing that? Or are mm-hmm. we too busy dividing over silly things, uh, over churches? So I remember having a chat with um, a family member last week i think and we were talking about uh, the place that he gathers and and about what the new testament church and what the church looks like and that we are the called out people we are the the followers the body of christ and yet where he goes i asked would you fellowship with the building down the street that is almost in perfect alignment with your theology except for a, a minor details of difference and there was silence Mm. nothing was said and we need to get past that i mean of course we need to draw our lines in the sand and we need to speak against heresies uh, and false teachings but there's too much unnecessary division and it's affecting the love that we should be showing to the world right right
3: well those those are two big things that happened one after another well oh, i guess three because you mentioned the one in digby which is was no public? No, and no one died, which is good. But. Oh, okay. All right. Um September 8th, a big thing happened. And that was uh Queen Elizabeth uh passed away at the age of 96 years old. I mean, that's a very long life. Um yeah. and so the queen has has passed on. Uh we now have a, a king, uh King Charles. Um And now I've been following a a lot of things on Facebook and I listened to a few videos uh, about the queen and this discussion of where is she now? Was she she a Christian? Um, Did she know Christ? Um, But there seemed to be a, a huge honor and respect that is given towards her. And I think rightly so, because... Uh, in First Peter, we are we are called to honor the emperor or honor the king, honor those in authority. And uh, I mean, she seems to have been a queen who was uh, well. Words that are used as regal. Um, she was, you know, gracious. She was, um, yeah. She, she just seemed to have a really good
2: persona. Um, there, there definitely was an elegance about her. Um, yeah. if you, if you've been on Facebook then you've seen the amount of hate towards her too. Yes. Um, well, while I'm no big fan of any type of Monarch, I, I agree with you that she was an elegant queen. She was a peaceful queen. Um, and I know there was a quote going around Facebook of something she said. And people were trying to say, look, she's a Christian because look at this quote. And I could not find it in time for this show. And yet I saw it everywhere when she passed on. I
3: think, Glenn, I think I found it for you.
2: Oh, good. Because I do have two others. But you go ahead. This is the one I'm okay. talking about. Yeah. Let me
3: see. Let me see. If this is the one that you're talking about. If it's not, then you can share the other ones. Um, she said. Each day is a new beginning. I know that the only way to live my life is to try to do what is right, to take the long view, to give up my best in all that the day brings, and to put my trust in God. And then she also says, I know just how much I rely on my own faith to guide me through the good times and the bad.
2: I think that might have been it. I feel like the one there wasn't the end it the one I saw continued on talking about Christ as a teacher and to follow his example right um any yeah, some of the naysayers and i i didn't necessarily disagree with them it's like well what she's saying there almost uh, uh anyone of uh monotheistic faith could get behind that hmm. like the the muslims could nod their head at that about yes we should obey god
3: <laughs> because
2: like, the term god is a very generic it's a yeah. general title right
3: that's that's true glenn um But at the same time she did use the word jesus which is something that like a muslim would not use like in regards to following following jesus
2: well they well they would but they wouldn't like not i see it depends on the context she's using it because they would they they would respect him and and they just don't think he's god right well they also think he's less than muhammad but anyhow i digress again But yeah, and I mean, there's a couple other quotes. I remember when she was first becoming queen and and she had a quote at her Christmas broadcasts in 1952. And the queen, the the Christmas broadcasts especially, are often always, it's what the queen is saying. She's writing the speech. It's from her heart, basically, unlike other ones where she's scripted. But in 1952, she she said, pray for me that god may give me wisdom and strength to carry out the solemn promises i shall be making and that i may faithfully serve him and you all the days of my life right which is a pretty good quote and then in 2011 again she says forgiveness lies and this one has really got me and it's like oh wow i mean i hope she is in heaven we're we're Mm -hmm. finite humans we don't know but this quote seems to that I'm about to read seem to envelop inf, her where her heart was, basically. And, and for her to grasp this understanding that some professed Christians can't grasp really struck me. Anyhow, it goes Forgiveness lies at the heart of the Christian faith. It can heal broken families, it can restore friendships, mm. and it can reconcile divided communities. It is in forgiveness that we feel the power of God's love. Wow. That one was well,
3: good, right? I mean, she seems to be somebody who, at the very least, knows the Christian faith, yeah. the desire to follow the Christian faith, and I mean, as you you said, Glenn, we're finite beings; we can't really determine whether somebody is saved or not. But it, it she so she shows fruit that yeah. she she was. Um, I mean, of course, there's a lot of scandal around, around her. But then as I was listening to Justin Peterson, talking about the Queen and, and he said, Well, we all have families. And, you know, uh, you know, if you were as public as the royal family, you'd have scandals too, right? So it's, it's like, we, we can't allow that to just, you know, be upon the Queen, like she, uh, I think she was a woman who tried to, to follow the christian faith it
2: seems like so yeah um, and some, some people say well while she wasn't the leader of colonization she was still the enjoyed the fruits of colonization and so right. therefore she's just as bad because she did nothing but remember like she's been queen for
3: seven long
2: yeah a long time and in that time canada and australia and a number of other countries became constitutional monarchs, basically, if that's the right term, where she rescinded the uh, rights that she had to govern over them as a queen in many ways. I mean, she still was the, she can still dissolve government and parliament if she wanted to. But she, Canada is their own, we're essentially our own country in many ways, same as Australia. So right. you see this woman that almost did away some of these colonization things that that her predecessors got for her basically
3: hmm. so
2: i'm um yeah i i kind of like the so
3: Clem, what, what what do you think is going to happen now
2: it's hard to say and um uh, david let's just hope he's not like king charles the first hmm. um and king charles ii as well but king charles the if you recall lost his head for treason um back then the the par- protestants and the catholics just couldn't get along um and if you're the wrong person at the wrong place you're gonna lose your head and he did um okay and, and then charles ii was a bit better but he had his problems too i believe it was second that had his wars with um Oh, what's his name? Or Orwell? Cromwell, I think it was Cromwell. Yeah, Cromwell, Protestant uh, guy that basically I'm going to say 1640, maybe I might be wrong on that. Found the faith, as they said, and became very lenient towards Protestants. Some people consider Cromwell a Liberty-loving freedom fighter, while others considered him an absolute tyrant, because while he was extremely lenient towards the Protestant movement, he was vicious towards the Catholics.
3: Hmm.
2: Anyhow, so n- now we have King Charles and the third, and it's interesting because they asked he was asked a couple times, King Charles, because of the history of your name, are you going to change it? Because once he's anointed king, he has the right the ability to change his name um and he has decided to keep it okay but we can't judge people by their ancestors i don't think so let's see what king charles me on a personal level i don't like king charles (laughs) (laughs) why Um, i don't know he just doesn't sit right with me and i can't explain it i mean we pray for him and do what we are supposed to do just i I, I like the queen better <laughs> okay but See,
3: uh, i've been learning about um uh well especially over this this few days um about the monarchy and, and and the importance of of their role because you know i as a canadian you know we grow up with a queen um some of us just don't know fully understand why we have a queen or we, why we have a king um but there's a, a, a clip by Jordan peterson which i think i'll attach um to uh facebook under this this video uh, or this recording and um he he was he was asked uh, what what was going to happen as a result like uh, because of the losing the queen and what he said, I, I think for me, kind of, kind of made that role uh, more important than what I thought it was. So um, he was kind of liking it to the states of how um, you have a president down there, um, but you don't have a king; it's just a president. And he said um, there is a, there's a symbolic power, there's a legal power. Uh, and that symbolic and that legal power is mixed together in in uh, in a president. And so you know, people look up to them as like the king, and then they have their first lady who is kind of seen as almost like a queen, right? like but here in Canada, you have a separation of that symbolic um representation that was symbolic power and like legal power um. And so it's it kind of almost works as a check and balance. Like it, like Trudeau has a big ego, and could you imagine if he also had that symbolic power as well? He would just be a
2: a uh, a, a worse tyrant than than he is right now. Um, yeah, so... I see what you're saying. Although he seems to operate as if he doesn't care. Yeah,
3: <laughs> that's true. That's true.
2: Right, and and that's my disappointment. Maybe in the queen and the king, to be, is there? While they had the ability to dissolve government, I mean, if they did, it would be it would cause civil unrest. I'm sure, but um, it seemed to be they sat back and watched the likes of Justin Trudeau uh, mm. strip individual freedoms from people and force them to do things, and right, um, that makes me a bit disappointed in the. But I and I ask you, David, what you kind of said at the beginning is: is the royal, is the monarchy necessary? Or maybe I won't. Let me ask it a different way: Should Canada completely separate from the monarch?
3: Well, I I don't think so. I I think that there is a good reason. Uh as as I as I mentioned, there seems to be a check and balance when it comes to a constitutional monarchy um that that symbolic power is is separated and so I don't think so i, I, I what I do think though is we probably need the queen was I think was 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 good and kind and and all that but like I, I don't know what's coming at the plate, so I, I'm not sure. I don't know. I guess what I, for now, no. I I, I think there is an importance with the monarchy.
2: That's interesting. I can respect that. I disagree with it, obviously.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> you know me. You knew my answer. What my answer would be. Yeah. But I don't see the need for it. I believe there's other and better ways for checks and balances for the government. Um, there's other better political systems that you can set up where there's more accountability for leaders. Right now, Justin Trudeau, if he chose to, can do absolutely anything he wants. Uh, I remember learning this in college and one of the psychology, oh, it wasn't psychology, it was one of the political science courses, I guess I was in about how there was at the time students from around the world would study Canada's political setup because We basically operated as a a dictatorship, yet our leaders never behaved as dictators, which is ironic. I wonder what the teachers would say today. But um, because our prime ministers, while you have in the states where the president has to go through loops, I mean, there are even ways around for them now. But at the time, they had to go through checks and balances to put a law in place where the prime minister, if he chose to, can declare war on a nation all by himself. He can do pretty much anything he wants. Um, so, even with a monarch in place, the Prime Minister of Canada is still given way more power than he should be able to have without any checks and balances in place. Right. Like the pre- the President of the United States cannot declare war. If he wakes up and has a bad day with China one day and wants to suddenly bomb them, he's gonna go down if he tries to pull what a Canadian Prime Minister could pull, where which is, yeah. My concern with our current political setup—well, one of many, I guess—but <laughs> uh, anyhow, speaking <laughs> of, speaking of our current political setup, maybe yeah. move on. That
3: what is, do that, you... Let's move on to uh, P, uh, a new conservative party leader.
2: Were you excited?
3: Um, probably not as excited as other people were.
2: Yeah, and it's funny, I'm a bit jaded over politics in general. And uh, I was talking to a local candidate for the PPC party on the weekend and uh, was expressing some of my concerns to him and uh, basically everybody. And and people chuckle at me over this because, and I'm sure probably rightfully so, but every time I see uh, rah, rah, liberty, liberty, Freedom for the people. I get nervous because I suddenly think of Stalin and I think of mm. Mao and all these guys. Mao, especially, was a freedom fighter for his people. Like he wanted freedom for his citizens. And then what does he do? He slaughters an insane amount of people once he becomes power. I'm not saying Pierre is that. I'm not saying, if anything, I'd say Trudeau's more like that. But I'm hesitant to be joyous for a political leader because. We don't really know who they are.
3: Now, I'll I'll, I'll say this: I, I'm I'm glad that um, Trudeau has somebody who's going to stand up against him. Like, oh, for sure. Yeah.
2: As of right now, I'd much rather have Pierre lead in this country than Trudeau.
3: Yeah, and I don't know. Uh, I listened to his speech, and I thought, I mean, it's, it's black and white. Uh, you know, Trudeau is very much playing one party against another, one one group against another in Canada, like uh he's he's attacking his own people. Whereas right. it's um, Pierre was uh very much trying to unite Canadians, right? Yeah. And and some of the things that he said in, in his speech like um I mean a, a lot of this is very much conservative values, but lower taxes, tougher criminal laws, um no uh, well one praise the lord for this he wants no more covid restrictions so out uh, with the RiveCan can and all those silly restrictions that they they, they had um
2: I've, I've actually got some recording clips to play of this speech um perfect but about you know, the RiveCan can thing actually i won't get into that um in this show but it makes me nervous that he's saying let's get rid of a rive can because I feel like there's such an evil force about us that wants that, that be careful, Pierre. There's dangerous people out there, Hmm. but I hope he gets rid of it. I like, it needs to go away. It's an absolute tyranny. Anyhow, let me play some clips here. Uh, I'm not very good with this recording thing. So yell at me if it's not loud enough, David, or if it's too loud. Um, And before I play it, So what I'm going to do is I'll play a little bit of his speech, I'll pause it, I'll move the cursor along, I'll play some more. I've got about maybe three minutes total of what I want to play of Pierre's speech that I really liked. Um, But I will say before I hit record or or play, I really liked how his wife went up with him and Mm. was the first one to speak. That speaks, I think, of the quality of man Pierre is. Um, he basically cut off, I had a conservative friend of mine that's in politics that was in, he's in love with Pierre, and I call him big C conservative and annoying, but anyhow, he is. And he said, Glenn, and I watched the entire presentation of Pierre, and he cut off at the knees a large number of points that the liberals and the CBC would have made about Pierre, cut him off right at the knees and left him stranded. And one of them was the fact that his wife was prominent. She was up front and center. Um, She had the first things to say. She was well-spoken. He came right out and said stuff about immigration in reference to his wife and her family. Anyhow, it was good. But I'll stop talking now and I'll play some stuff. Just one second while I figure this out.
1: Tonight begins the journey to replace an old government that costs you more and delivers you less with a new government that puts you first, your paycheck, your retirement, your home, your country.
2: That's the first one, David. Mm. Let's hope he's correct. And then, hold on here. I'm not the most tech-savvy guy out here.
3: It's it all like he's uniting Canada, yeah. Putting Canadians first,
2: yeah. There's no division. You think of the President Biden's last big speech where he oh. looked like some evil villain from Star Wars. Um, I'm, I'm he, glad you said.
3: I'm glad you said Star Wars because when, when I was looking at it, I'm like, what is he like trying up for this? <laughs> like, what, yeah. What, what, yeah. what is he doing?
2: Oh, I know. It was bad, but that was so divisive, and yeah. that's exactly what Trudeau's doing. Yeah. And then you have the guy like Pierre that you don't hear any of that in his speech anywhere. Um, but this is the next one. This is, yeah, this is about a minute long here.
1: We will rekindle the hope that people's paychecks and savings can again buy a decent life. We will make government affordable so that life is affordable. We'll cap spending and cut waste to reverse inflationary deficits and taxes. That includes axing new taxes on your paycheck, gas, heat and other essentials. It means fighting climate change with technology and not with taxes. We will restore hope that hard work will again pay off. Do you know that today, if a single mom with three kids earning fifty five thousand dollars a year goes out and earn another dollar she loses 80 cents of it to taxes and clawbacks so she can't get ahead i will reform programs and cut taxes so that when that single mother and people like her earn more they keep more and hard work always pays off in this country
2: that's refreshing yeah And it seems so basic and common sense. Like it's, it's, I think one thing I really like about this guy is he's saying things that you and I may say over a cup of coffee, you know, or so like, why, what's wrong with the country? Why can't they see? Why can't, and, uh, he's saying them out loud, which is kind of nice.
3: So, um, at the, I guess, yeah, at the convention when he was, um, when he became the leader, uh, one thing I, I learned is there's always somebody from the opposing party there, right, as a representative. So the representative that was there that night said what he what he was proposing was basically rash and just um, in in my own terms, craziness, right? <laughs>
2: yeah, uh, I gotta say you mentioned that you you notice in the Pierre speech that he took the time to find something good to say about every one of the other guys and women that ran for yeah. leadership. Some yeah. of them, you could actually feel the heart. Like he really appreciated, like Lewis, for example, Leslie, well, I really like her. Mm-hmm. And you could hear the passion and his thanks to her and to a couple of the other guys too. And I chuckled a bit because he comes to Jean Charest, <laughs> the, the liberal mole in the conservative party. Right. Like there's actual recordings and I wish I had time to get them of liberals actually saying that they were switching and buying a membership to vote for Jean Charest. But he found something in Jean Charest history to thank him for. And it was the whole keeping Canada united during the referendums of Quebec separation. Yeah, And like that shows the quality of the guy and at least shows the quality of his advisors and his background. Right. Keeping it classy. Yeah. The next one I want to do, and it's off about five seconds, so you may get some French or clapping here. But um, the next thing he's going to say is elementary economics. It's basic economics. It's so basic. I just I applauded him when he said this, um, and it seems to be a struggle for liberals to understand. Um, I'll just play that here now.
1: Instead of creating more cash, let's create more of what cash buys. Think of it. If you've got 10 loaves of bread and $10, well, it's a buck a loaf. If you double the number of dollars to 20, but you still have 10 loaves of bread, well, then it's $2. You see, spending more doesn't get us more. We need to make more. So instead of doubling the money, let's double the bread. Let's. Yes. Let's remove the government gatekeepers to build more homes, grow more food, and produce more energy right here in Canada.
3: Let's double the bread.
2: <laughs> yep. Well, if it's sourdough bread, I'll get behind that. But right. <laughs> no.
3: I'll, I'll take I'll take some light rye. <laughs> yeah. uh, the thing that I like about that, and is um, he goes on to explain that he wants things manufactured here in Canada yeah it's it's common sense like why you know we got resources here why are we shipping them away to be used you know let us use and manufacture what we have
2: yeah i agree i'll stop sharing the audio right now but i do have a few other things i want to talk about and i want to play and they're longer but uh yeah i think it is it's a nice change um I feel like how do I word this I feel like Pierre oh, I'm trying to think how to word this because I really like Maxime Bernier too but Pierre's tr- he's basically deflated the campaign of the PPC party
1: mm, yeah. and he's taken oh, the wind
2: yeah. out of their sail because he speaks a lot of this freedom for the individuals and economic, basic economics and, and re- reducing restrictions, the same thing Bernier would say, but he's saying it in a more cautious way, maybe. Right. Um, and, and maybe it's just a better time for him too than it was when Bernier tried to go for the leadership. Um, but it's nice to see another guy that values individual freedoms rise up. And I hope he's true to his word. I do think that there will be a blue wave next federal election, whether it's this fall or in the spring. Um,
3: It'd be interesting hope- to know when they're going to call the election because the representative, the liberal representative that was there uh, that night, uh, he was talking in terms of years and yeah. not months. So I wonder whether he knows something and he maybe he knows that Trudeau perceives Pierre as a threat and not going to call an election. It'd be very interesting to know what happens. Um, the, 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 the thrust that I got from Pierre's um, uh, speech was almost very similar to like a Donald Trump kind of speech, I would say, but sp- spoken way better. Um, it's make Canada great again.
2: Yeah, and I can't believe you said that, David. <laughs> you mean you mean to tell me he's Canada's Donald Trump? Um, which is exactly the point that the Liberals and the CBC are going to try to push—that we now have our own Donald Trump. Um,
3: but isn't it crazy when you think a Donald Trump is some—you know—somebody who, who stands for freedom, who wants to unite, who wants to make their country better? Oh, that's Donald Trump.
2: Hey, I know it's crazy, and, and it but it's nuts. <laughs> And it's funny too because Pierre wants to get rid of COVID restrictions. Donald Trump was one of the leading forces for the COVID jab, you know, mm. before he got kicked out. So there are differences between them. There's, there is, there. I mean, I, I like Trump on his domestic or his foreign policies. Yeah, I might get hate mail for that comment, but um, he seemed to have a grasp on what was going on around the world, and he wasn't quick. Like I remember saying when Trump beat uh, Clinton. I was like, well, at least we're not going to war with Russia right now because Clinton was chip biting at the bit to go to war with Russia. Hmm. And Trump seemed to calm that down. But yeah, how did I get on Trump? Anyhow, Pierre is much more elegant and well-spoken than Trump is. Oh, yes. Yeah, he, he cares about individual freedoms, I think, even more than Trump did. Um, he is not Donald Trump. No. All right, but...
3: No, no disrespect, uh, but yeah this, this this guy is you know he's a freedom fighter too yeah uh, so um I wanted us to chat about current events that that's happening, and I, I kind of regret what i was what I was saying in regards to uh, queen and and Prime minister. Maybe I'll have to go back there and kind of think more about that, but <laughs> Um, but really what I I wanted to do was also ask the question, how do we navigate the news as a Christian community?
2: Well, uh, let's see, I have too many windows open here. There was a first I kept open that I wanted to read to you about that. See if I can find it there's a couple obviously really good passages the the couple that i really stuck out to me one is in romans and another one is in second corinthians but in romans 12 and 2 it says do not conform to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind then you will be able to test and approve what god's will is his good pleasing and perfect will Um, i know some people especially if you grew up in the christian faith probably get tired of hearing this but it is the only way and the only thing that works is to be in god's word to be focused on jesus to help you determine and will basically test the spirits um, and it's interesting because paul says in second corinthians 10 and 3 that for though we live in the world we do not wage war as the world does i mean our our enemies are invisible their principalities their powers there's evil and, and and wicked places so we need to remember who we are what our standing is in christ and to be close to him which i think will help right mm-hmm. it will help it will help that's the simple answer people write entire books on this topic
3: oh yes they definitely do there's there's a couple other ones that came to my head um the classic one you know remember that god is sovereign yeah He's, he's the one in the control uh he knew when the queen would pass and when the king would come he 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 knew he I think he he uh rose Pierre Olivier into power oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. um but he, at the same time he he rose Trudeau into power um so, he did
2: and we have to remember that God doesn't always rise leaders for our blessings sometimes it's for our judgment yeah right let's
3: yeah so remember that nothing takes him by surprise because he's the one who actively and permissively sets everything into action. So um, I think another one is don't put our trust in people. Because I think there's a pull that we can have, especially maybe towards Pierre. And we go, okay, Pierre, he's going to be the man. He's going to remove Trudeau. And, you know, well, what happens if he doesn't? Well, then you're going to feel bust. Um, But... We, we we don't boast in people, we trust in God. Uh Psalm twenty, verse seven, it says, Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. So our focus needs to always be on God. Even when these yeah. wonderful things happen.
2: Yeah, and it's funny because in Acts 4, and I believe it's verse 19 where the multitude basically take Peter and them aside and say, look, you need to shut up. We don't want to hear about this anymore. And Peter says something, and I don't have it in front of me. I'm using my faulty memory here. But basically, who are you? Like, Are we supposed to listen to man? Or are we supposed to listen to God? You tell us who we're supposed to listen to. And yeah. it's quite obvious. Peter keeps chatting. So we need to remember, and we see it again in Acts 5 and 29, where it says to obey God rather than man so we need to keep that healthy balance of remembering that we are in a sinful world um, that the apostles and christ tells us that we need to overcome it that it's a to remember who we are in christ because well first john five says in five who is that that overcomes the world only the one who believes that jesus is the son of god right so we cannot do this on our own and we need christ's help
3: and here's another one I want to throw at you, Glenn. um because the i'm i'm bringing up here Christian community, so a community is more than one person yeah it's it's a group um how how do we learn as a group uh how do we navigate as a group uh the the news cycle and i I think one of the ways uh well, maybe another way. Because we've, we've, we've listed some already. Another way is found in Proverbs chapter 11, verse 4. And it says, um, I got the wrong verse. Let me, uh, I will, I will, I'll, 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 I think it's 14. Let me see, 14? Yes, 14. Where there is no guidance. Of people falls but in the abundance of counselors there is safety so we are a group we are a body of believers and there is much wisdom in what we see as a group because we all see a different aspect of of, of an event right so yeah you know maybe for instance um um what what's one of the news items that we we chatted about?
2: Is King Charles good or bad?
3: <laughs> yeah, okay and so you may know something that I don't know, which is one hundred percent likely because you do know things that I don't know um, like <laughs> <laughs> you 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 know history uh um in in, in regards to to uh, king charles and and what he's done uh, i know that you you, you posted something on, on facebook in regards to um something that happened around the royal family and and, and the missing of children um so i mean there, there's things that that you know about that i never heard about but then so we come together and we're able to now share these truths and try to um kind of see the bigger picture
2: yeah and it's like first corinthians 12 verse 25 27 says that if one part suffers every part suffers with it if one part is honored every part rejoices with it you are the body of christ and each one of you is a part of it um and you're right we need to remember that we are a community um and we need to act like that like if we know someone is struggling with something we should be helping them with it instead of Oh, they're crazy! We don't have time for them, which I see, which I see happening often, right? Yeah. But yeah.
3: And I think another another thing too, Glenn, is we need to be thoughtful, and we need to be slow in what we say. Yeah. Um, Proverbs eighteen verse seventeen says, "The one who states his case first seems right." until the other comes and examines
2: him. Yeah, and our flesh often gets in the way with this. And I know I've had to work on it a lot. If you knew me 10 years ago, like that guy is nuts, which I mean, even more so than now. Well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, it was worse. But, uh, so it's taken some realization and, and, and study and, and prayer and, and realizing that who I really am. Like, I, Glenn, you need to shut up a little bit. So, um, yeah, we, we need to be careful that our flesh doesn't get in the way and that we are quick to speak yeah. instead of quick to listen. Yeah. Well, thank you, everyone, for taking the time to tune into this collaborated episode with David and I. I appreciate it very much. To end it off, I would like to play a six minute trailer of course you don't have to listen to this but it is called antichrist and his ruin and it's basically about the canadian government and its treatment of churches and the body of christ during the COVID lockdowns and basically revealing itself for what it is um so i'll i'll be quiet now I'll let you listen to this if you want. And if you want to learn more, visit antichristdocumentary.com. I believe the release date is sometime in, in November. So I hope you enjoy.
0: was in prison for 35 days. $300,000. Functionally kicked out of our meeting space. And they yeah. locked us out of our building. I was in jail for, for 21 we days. We were the first church to be ticketed in BC. we come and watch our worship services. I was ultimately excommunicated. We had someone come in the night and scatter a few pounds of roofing. I had 23 in. tickets.
1: Three citations for obstructions.
0: What, 1.1 1. 1 million? with. Eleven years in jail maximum. We'll see what the courts decide on. This is all before the courts. The church has six tickets. I don't know. I think the maximum for the church is sixty million.
1: <laughs> I think we have to realize that Canada is not immortal. But
0: if it's going to go, does it go with a bang or with a whimper? Know of any nation that has survived, any civilization that survived long-term, that has refused to acknowledge the Judeo-Christian ethic. We've never seen anything quite like this. It is, in my mind, it is unprecedented, certainly in the Canadian context. In the 1960s and in the 1970s, we had this this growing sense that Canada needed a fundamental break with the past, wanted to be a new order. If If you read the history books, Canadians switched from a bicultural Christian identity, French Catholics, English Protestants, to a multicultural, multicultural country, which means that literally anything goes. But a man can choose to be any one of a number of newfangled genders. A woman can t- conduct herself in any way that she or he or it or they or they want. Canada must be unified. Canada must be one. Canada must be progressive. And peoples of many cultures will live in harmony. For me, that is Canada, c'est ça, the Canada. The country basically invited the wrath of God at that particular point in history. And then then since then, it's just been a slow downward slope. And then I'd say these last few years, the, the slope has become greased rails to hell.
1: An organization that has the explicit purpose of restricting women's rights by removing uh, rights to uh, abortion, the rights for women to control their own bodies, is not in line uh, with uh, where we are as a government, and quite frankly, where we are as a society. My
0: goodness, don't you dare meet for worship during COVID times. And don't you dare organize a trucker convoy in Ottawa. Because if you meet for for church during COVID times, and you organize a trucker convoy in Ottawa, you will feel the full force of the law. But man, if you wanna get sodomized, or be sodomized, or sodomize somebody else, and if you wanna kill your baby, nobody's gonna tell you not to do it. There's an intentional switch in law, intentional switch in lordship, where we have now reached the point in this society where we call evil good and good evil. Hi, I'm Bruxy, and I want to apologize to members of the LGBTQ
2: community.
3: But maybe we don't need to fix ourselves, or lose weight, or correct whatever capitalism says is wrong with us. And I'm not talking about our queerness or
0: our transness. That's not a fault or a flaw, it's a gift. Uh,
1: It's it's no wonder why the the civil government is is so powerful. It's it's no wonder why our our culture is is heading so quickly into immorality and all kinds of, of, of wickedness and debauchery. It's because the church is so weak. I think what we saw in the last number of years was that some of the so-called evangelical thought leaders were writing articles and saying things, essentially taking Christian morality and, and putting a stamp of approval upon the narrative that was being propagated by health authorities. I would love for you to open your Bibles to Romans 13, one to seven. Paul makes it very clear here that we obey God by Obeying the state.
0: I guess I, I don't want to waste a civil disobedience protest on on an issue that's not a not an ultimate issue. I, I think a, a part of the problem we have right now is is the the slippery character of the term essential.
2: Had we
3: complied with the governing authorities and surrendered the headship of Christ
2: over his church to them, that would have been sin. And a defining characteristic of compliant pastors is that they are simultaneously silent on the dangers that their people face. Like the false prophets did in Isaiah's day, refusing to acknowledge the judgment of God and the coming Assyrians. Instead, prophesy to us illusions, speak to us smooth words. And that's what these men have done. There, I have not come across one compliant pastor who is honest about the
1: cost and the dangers and the wreckage has been caused in people's lives. And they know it because they're not stupid. This is a frightening trend. Experts began to notice more children having mental health issues after the COVID pandemic lockdowns began. Now it's to the point where the Surgeon General is calling it a crisis. I'm
2: not saying that there isn't legislation in place that gives the government the authority to lock down society. I'm not saying the Public Health Act doesn't give the government
0: the authority to lock down society. What I'm saying is that is ultimately irrelevant. Governments have no authority to lock down society. Their responsibility is to uphold and protect the God-given rights of its citizens. Unless we repent of sodomy, unless we repent of abortion, unless we repent of multiculturalism and these intentional shifts in our culture, you don't have freedom. It's not coming back.